Hello, this is Snigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Friday, the 25th of December. Merry Christmas, you guys. India has recorded more than 20,000 new cases of coronavirus this morning, taking the country's total to over 1 crore 1 lakh. Thankfully, less than 2.8 lakh of these are active cases. With more than 330 deaths, the death toll has crossed 1 lakh 47,000. The Indian Council of Medical Research has said that India's COVID-19 vaccine, Covaxin, has drawn global attention. In a statement, it said, and I quote, Data generated from within India underlines the impressive safety and immunogenicity profile of Covaxin and sparks Lancet's interest in publishing them, unquote. At least seven people who recently returned from the UK have tested positive for COVID-19 in Telangana. Their samples have been sent to the CSIR, Centre for Cellular and Molecular Biology, to see if they are infected with the new strain of the virus. Another man from Delhi's Dwarka who returned from the UK has tested positive for COVID-19. He has been quarantined along with his family. Officials are tracing everyone who came in contact with him. Another person who recently arrived from the UK had tested positive in southeast Delhi on Wednesday. District authorities have assigned teams to find out those who returned from the UK in the last one month to make sure that they undergo RT-PCR tests. According to a report by Bloomberg, a new study in the UK has found that the new mutation of the virus is 56% more transmissible than other strains and because of this, there might be a higher number of hospitalizations next year. The Karnataka government, meanwhile, has decided to withdraw the night curfew order it had announced yesterday after reports of the new mutation of the virus in the UK. Chief Minister B.S. Yadirappa said that he held a meeting with officials and ministers after receiving flak from the public and decided to withdraw the order. It's been close to a month since thousands of farmers gathered at the borders of Delhi in protest against the three newly formulated agriculture laws. The farmers have stayed strong despite the initial bout of water cannons and lattes and now despite the biting cold. So far, all talks between the farmer groups and the centre have ended in a stalemate over one simple demand that the farmers have. That the centre scrapped the three new laws completely. The government, however, has been offering amendments to the laws. The centre wrote to the farmer groups again yesterday and extended an invitation for talks, reiterating its commitment to find a logical solution to all the concerns raised by the farmers. Farmers, on the other hand, have alleged that the latest offer of talks is a propaganda against them to create an impression that they are not interested in negotiations. The Samyukt Kisan Morcha, an umbrella body of 40 farmer unions, is likely to hold a meeting today to discuss how to respond to the government's letter. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Modi virtually interacted with the farmers from six states and asked them to explain how the government's policies have benefited them. Modi also released 18,000 crore rupees for 9 crore farmers under the Pradhan Mantri Kisan Samman Nidhi or PM Kisan scheme today. During the mega event, which also involved BJP leaders interacting with the farming community at more than 19,000 venues across the country, the Prime Minister transferred 2,000 rupees to each farmer with a push of a button. He said that the scheme is an example of good governance and added, and I quote, with the use of technology today, 18,000 crore rupees were directly deposited in the bank accounts of 9 crore farmers. Unquote. The Prime Minister also used the opportunity to launch an attack at West Bengal Chief Minister Mamta Banerjee with the state elections just a few months away. He said, and I quote again, The farmers of Bengal have been deprived of the benefits of the centre schemes. Bengal is the only state which is not allowing benefits of the schemes to reach the farmers. 
Mamta Banerjee's ideology has destroyed Bengal. Her actions against the farmers have hurt me a lot. Why is the opposition quiet on this? Unquote. He once again accused the opposition of misleading the farmers. In the middle of another one of Prime Minister Modi's addresses today, two Ahmadmi Party MPs shouted slogans inside the central hall of the parliament against the farm laws. The commotion happened when Modi was paying his tribute to former Prime Minister Atal Bihari Vajpayee on his 96th birth anniversary. Ahmadmi Party MP Sanjay Singh uploaded a video on Twitter that showed him and his party colleague Bhagwat Man raising slogans against the farm laws and holding up posters. One of the posters read, and I quote, Withdraw the anti-farmer black laws, unquote. Union Defence Minister Rajnath Singh today urged the protesting farmers to let the government implement the new farm laws for a period of a year. He added, and I quote, If it is not found to be beneficial for farmers, we will be ready for necessary amendments, unquote. Meanwhile, seven U.S. lawmakers, including Indian-American Congresswoman Pramila Jaipal, have asked the U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo to take up the farmers' protest with his Indian counterpart. The office of Advocate Mahmood Pracha was raided yesterday by the special cell of the Delhi police. The raid was connected to the police's ongoing investigation into the communal violence that broke out in Delhi in February this year. Pracha is representing multiple people accused in the February riots. In order to conduct the raid, the police obtained a warrant from a local court. Police officials say that they were searching for incriminating documents along with metadata of outbox from the official email address of Pracha's law firm. The Delhi police in August this year had filed an FIR against Pracha, alleging that he tutored people to give false statements in cases linked to the riots over the amended citizenship law. The police also said that the advocate forged an affidavit signed by another lawyer who died three years ago. Denying the allegations against him, Pracha told NDTV and I quote, I will not back off. They cannot suppress the rule of law in India so easily. Unquote. He added that the investigators seized his computer and laptop. Many lawyers yesterday condemned the raid of Pracha's office and described it as motivated. Lawyer Indira Singh said in a tweet and I quote, The raid on Mehmood Pracha lawyer for the defence in Delhi riots case is a direct attack on the fundamental right of legal representation. All lawyers must condemn this attack. Unquote. Another lawyer, Karuna Nandi, tweeted, and I quote, By seizing advocate Mahmood Pracha's computers for particular emails, police will get a lot of data that is protected by attorney client privilege. This goes to the heart of rule of law. Lawyers must stand up for advocate Pracha as much as they did for advocate Prashant Bhushan. Unquote. Riots had broken out in February in Northeast Delhi this year as the result of a face-off between pro- and anti-CA protesters. 53 people were killed in the violence and hundreds were injured. The Delhi police, however, claims that the riots were a part of a greater conspiracy to defame and destabilise the Modi government and was orchestrated by those protesting the amended citizenship law. The police also claim that the violence had secessionist motives. Two charge sheets have been filed in the matter so far by the Delhi police and more than 15 people have been named and arrested. All of them have been booked under the stringent Unlawful Activities Prevention Act or UAPA. The accused include former JNU student and activist Umar Khalid, student activist Sharjil Imam and suspended Ahmadmi Party councillor Tahir Hussain, among others. Many of you who follow News Laundry might be aware that our reporters Ayushan Basant have covered the Northeast Delhi riots and closely followed how the police are investigating the violence that killed many people, a majority of them being Muslims. 
Both of them have filed multiple reports for our Deep Dive News Laundry Sena series, which is an initiative by News Laundry that allows readers like you to fund the stories that you want to hear. Through Ayush and Basant's reports on the investigation into the murders of Maruf Ali and Shahid Alam, we saw how the Delhi police's investigation is majorly botched. Fake eyewitness statements, Muslim beings arrested for murdering Muslims in what was clearly a communal riot, these are only the tip of the iceberg. In case you've not read their reports, I urge you to do so right away. And if you know about the attack on caravan journalists in August this year while they were reporting from Northeast Delhi, I'm sure you realize the risk our reporters take each time they go out to cover these stories. So if you think they deserve your support, read their reports, share them on your social media handles and make your friends and family members read them too. And also subscribe to News Laundry so we can keep showing you the complete picture, something that a lot of our legacy media houses will not do. And you know why? Because they are dependent on advertisers and sponsors, which very often happens to be the government. News Laundry, on the other hand, is 100% free of advertisements for this very reason. A Muslim teenager who was walking back with a 16-year-old Dalit Hindu girl after attending a friend's birthday party was ambushed, chased and taken into a police station in Uttar Pradesh's Bijnor under the state's new anti-conversion law. Details of the incident that had taken place on the night of December 14th came out today. The girl and the boy, who were former classmates, were allegedly chased by a group of men while walking back home from a friend's birthday party. The men beat the two with sticks and forced them to disclose their identities. After coming to know that the boy and the girl belonged to different religions, the group allegedly whisked them away to a local police station. The Muslim boy was then booked under the anti-conversion law along with charges of abduction. He was also charged under sections of the SCST Act and the Protection of Children from Sexual Offences Act. He has been in jail in Bijnor for over a week after being accused of trying to forcibly convert the Hindu girl. The charge has been denied by both the girl and her mother. The police, however, claimed that the FIR was filed against the boy by the Hindu girl's father. The father, on the other hand, has denied filing the complaint with consent. He alleged that the police had dictated the statement to him. He told the Indian Express and I quote, I trust my daughter completely. What wrong did she do? Why must she be made a part of politics? Is it unlawful for a boy and girl to work together now? Unquote. Contradictory statements were also made about the boy's age. While the police claimed he is 18 years old, the boy's family have maintained that he is 17 and thus a minor. So far, more than 30 people have been arrested and several others booked under UP's contentious anti-conversion law since it was cleared by the state less than a month ago. The law which was brought through an ordinance makes religious conversion a crime if done through force or deceit. However, several of the arrests have shown inconsistencies on the side of the police. On the day when Uttar Pradesh's anti-conversion or love jihad law got clearance, Uttar Pradesh cabinet minister and government spokesperson Siddharth Nath Singh said, and I quote, the cabinet has taken a big decision. It was necessary for maintaining normal law and order in the state and to ensure justice for women, especially those from scheduled castes and scheduled tribes. Unquote. Isn't it ironic how a law against a conspiracy theory claims to bring justice to women, especially those from caste minority groups, while horrifying cases of caste and gender-based crimes keep being reported from Uttar Pradesh? This includes crimes like the Hathras gang rape and murder case in which four upper-caste men raped and killed a 19-year-old Dalit girl. To know more about this, do read my colleague Nidhi's report where she analyses how the Hathras case is blotted with apathy and deliberate errors on the administration's part. 
It is titled Revisiting Hatras. Why wasn't my sister taken seriously when she was alive? You'll find the report on our website newslaundry.com. And now for some international updates. As of today, more than 79.4 million people worldwide have been infected by coronavirus, out of which a little more than 1.74 million have succumbed to the virus. Dozens of countries have banned travel from the United Kingdom in an effort to contain a new COVID-19 variant which was first reported in England. The US government has said that all airline passengers arriving from the UK have to test negative for COVID-19 within 72 hours of departure starting from Monday. Meanwhile, in the United Kingdom, more than 600,000 people received the first dose of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine. And in the US, more than 1 million Americans have received their first shot of a COVID-19 vaccine as the pandemic rages into the holiday season. The Canadian government is also set to extend its ban on the incoming commercial and passenger flights from Britain until January 6th. Also, Canada has now become the second country to approve the Moderna vaccine. Meanwhile, Pfizer CEO Albert Bula said that he is optimistic that the company's vaccine will protect against the new coronavirus variant that was detected in the United Kingdom. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. 